Welcome back to the Marketing Moment with DV Dynamo. I am your host, David Berry, and my co-host, Julia Reynolds. We're excited to be back for another episode. And we're on, gosh, I'm, I'm losing track, episode 12 or 13 at this point. Julia, keep me honest here. Yeah, I think it might be 14, actually. 14, goodness. Well, we're, we're close to getting our driver's licenses when we turn 15 or 16, depending on the state you're in. <laughs> Nevertheless, we are going to get right into things today. Our topic this week is uh, is a very important one. So we know by virtue, uh, and again, setting the table for who we are, DB Dynamo, we are an e-commerce marketing agency that focuses on scaling brands for the brain or body. So unofficially, we say, if your customers learn it, eat it, or wear it, we help you sell it. And in that sense, we care about all things really digital first, but any sort of marketing tactic that allows customers to sell more products directly to consumers. And if you've been following this podcast, or even if you've just been a, a marketer in digital, really since iOS 14 rolled out, you have been watching with a hawk's eye on a day-to-day -day basis about what iOS 14 is going to do. And frankly, at this point, what it has already done. And we have conversations with our clients on a day-to-day -day basis about what to do now that things have changed with regard to tracking. The good news for you is we have three actionable Facebook ad fixes that work, that we've proven work with our own clients uh, in a post iOS 14 world. And so I'm gonna dive right into talking to you about that. So back in March, which is right before the major rollout impacts of iOS 14 happened, iOS 14 actually came out in September of 2020, but the things where the tracking started to take over was, was really in March, April of this year, if memory serves me. But in that blog post, we talked about the anticipated changes that were going to impact advertisers. Um, a lot of advertisers were panicking, and I don't think that we did. Uh, instead, we pointed to some foundational truths that we know about advertising. And just to reset the table, I'm going to tell you what we mentioned in March, what we still think is true now. And it was this, that customers don't give a shit about data. They want good products that either A, solve a problem, or B, make them feel good, or actually C, would be both. More importantly, customers do a lot of really important things, and they have always done a lot of really important things that advertisers can't track. That was true before iOS 14, and that's true after iOS 14. Users text their friends. They FaceTime each other. They order multiple items in different color schemes, try them on at home, and then they send back the ones that they don't want, like my wife. They see someone else wearing it or using it, or they discover a YouTuber wearing it during a how-to tutorial. Advertisers can't track any of those things, and they couldn't track them before. They definitely can't track them now. The obsession with measuring and tracking everything is not only based on an incomplete picture as marketers, but it gives advertisers a false sense of control while emboldening them to make bad decisions based on an incomplete picture. And we do stand by that today. But at a technical level, this is where we wanted to make sure that this specific episode was useful to you, that you could go in and take three specific things away with you that you can test on your own ads or with your own clients. So at a technical level, your hands on the dials, you're optimizing your campaigns, you've seen these things change. And for us, actually, one of the surprising developments uh, of Facebook is actually them underreporting the number of conversions that they're driving, which has almost always historically been in the opposite direction. Uh, but as I mentioned, three tactics tactics that we've used that are working based on our clients' performance. Now, I'm going to hand things over to Julia to tell you the first one on that list. The caveat I want to give to this list before we start is this is true for our clients today. This may not be true for you, but it's something, some things rather that are worth testing. And these same things that are working for us and our clients today may not work the same way tomorrow. This is a big part of being a modern savvy digital marketer is understanding you don't know everything. And if you do, you're lying because the rules constantly change. Ad costs are always rising, things like that. They're out of our control. So I've set the table with enough caveats. 
Julia, I'm going to hand the keys for you and tell them about number one, actionable insights, things that you can use on our list when running Facebook ads. Yes. So the first actionable insight is expanding your audiences. So this actually comes from Nicole Williams, our former co-host that we miss dearly. And she gave us this quote talking about something that she's noticed across her clients specifically that she's tried, tested, and proven to work. So she says, in order for Facebook's algorithm to work or work against, again, in a post iOS 14 world, it needs to be the broadest audience possible i.e. a very large pool size in order for the system to crawl all of the data available to it. Why? Because so much data was lost with the update. 96% of Apple users opted out of tracking. And this means that modeled or lookalike and retargeting audiences have become less effective because they're relying on outdated data. So best practice, as we've observed it now, is to broaden where possible, then refine as you go. So broadening applies to affinity and persona-driven audiences, where the goal is to expand audience pools, apply these filters as you see fit. In a literal sense, the broadened audience would consist of target demographics, no affinity, interest, psychographic targeting, or any other layers, just age, geography, and gender. So for example, this means you would create one audience to run alongside an existing one, and always test yourself first with the following bare hypothetical targeting parameters. So you could say age 45 plus US men. So restating the initial rationale, because of the privacy settings from the iOS 14 update, Facebook believes this new stripped down structure to be effective in allowing the AI to make deductions on its own of a user that is most likely to convert within this audience. So the key takeaway, the broader the audience, the better. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, when, when Nicole first told me that this is something that was effective for her clients. The, the brain that I had spent so much time developing as a Facebook marketer from gosh, you know, as far back as like 2014, 2015 was no, 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 no. Like this, this isn't, this isn't how it works. This is bad. But the reality is it's working. We have clients and the example, hypothetical aged uh, tar, you know, target demo that, that Julia just mentioned is a real one that we tested for a client of ours in the men's uh, health supplement space. And guess what? It's working. July was was their best month on record, and August is already on track to beat July for them. So this is not a fluke for them. This is stuff that they're they're really actually seeing, and, and the logic is there. All of the data that you had in a pre iOS fourteen world, with people who had opted into certain sorts of pixel you know data and tracking and stuff like that, it's I don't want to say it's not relevant, but it's it's less relevant than than it was before. And the indicators that Facebook's data tool is now using to identify the right users at the right time is a lot different than it was even just a few months ago. And so you have to unlearn some things that were really good behaviors, um, you know, previously, because unfortunately, for better or worse, they're just not anymore. So broadening audiences, trust me, it defies instinct based on all the things that we've been taught as, as Facebook marketers. Uh, and again, test it before, you know, you really go all the way in. But, but this one is, is pretty legit. Um, Julia, I mean, I, I like the, the role that you're on. If you want to pick up number two and then and I'll pick up number three. Sure. So our second uh, pointer or actionable step is to optimize for link clicks. So sophisticated Facebook advertisers of yesteryear would scoff at optimizing a web traffic campaign for link clicks versus landing page views. After all, landing page views track whether a user actually arrived on the landing page, link clicks only assured us they clicked on the ad. So why the change? 
because 96% of users have opted out of tracking, which means even if they arrived on the landing page, you won't know it most of the time, what you do have visibility is to whether or not they intended to reach that page, and that's where optimizing for link clicks has seen new life. It's not perfect, but in every case we've tested it side by side with the landing page views campaign since the iOS 14 rollout and link clicks won. Mm -hmm. and, and this one, again, defied you know, the brain that I'd conditioned myself to believe as a, as a marketer based on the past. And the reason being, again, the landing page views optimization is still a good one in theory because you know the person actually reached the landing page. But the downside is assuming that only 4% as much as before of people are actually reaching that landing page, you have such a small retargeting pool to pick from in, in theory. So the real benefit is to get that audience wide with as much intent as possible. And when you can pick 100 people versus four people to making you know a simple argument, you're going to choose 100 people, even if they're slightly less qualified than the four who are highly qualified, especially in the e-commerce space, because it's a business based on on volume most of the time. Um, and, and again, there's caveats to these things that would maybe not apply in other verticals. But in our experience in e-com, this is one that's been proven very valuable. And, uh, and, and I'll pick up the baton on this one. This one's a little bit broader. We, we talked about broadening your targeting. This one's a little bit broader of an insight. And that is number three, reimagining your marketing mix overall. We've talked a lot about Facebook's visibility into user behavior having gotten murkier. And, and we're talking a lot about Facebook today because that's the point. It's true for a lot of other ad channels as well. But beyond that, Facebook has actually gotten more expensive too. And I'm not saying that the, those two things are related, that the iOS 14 rollout and the cost of Facebook ads uh, are you know, things that happen because of the other, but let's just call it a relationship that revealed itself anyway. In fact, some advertisers are reporting CPMs are rising on Facebook iOS uh, traffic by Playbook Media. It's a, an agency that we've come across, did a test and they saw their client CPMs growing over 100% in the most recent quarter compared to the same period last year, for instance. And, and frankly, we've seen it too. We have not done a, um, you know, a comparison across all of our clients to compare it to the year prior. But just anecdotally on a client per client basis, we've absolutely seen CPMs that high or more in, in a one-off instance. And what we've been preaching for a while is now being acted on, and that's diversifying the media mix, which we talked about at the very beginning of this, this episode. Facebook ads cannot build a business in isolation anymore. We've, it just doesn't work. We've tested using Facebook ads as a traffic driving channel instead of optimizing for purchase. And we're letting Google, for instance, pick up the slack by driving most of the conversions. This is a oversimplified uh, example, but it has worked for us. And we're still spending the same amount of ad dollars, but we're just asking Facebook to do different things based on where the users are. We know that Google is based on previously determined user intent and Facebook isn't always. Facebook has proven all the, all the time, but especially more lately, at being good at driving traffic and awareness. So let it do that rather than continue to try to force it to do these things of generating purchases where it's just not effective at doing it. Now, it's clear that you know Facebook and Google work synergistically. That's maybe a more obvious one, but that doesn't mean those are the only two channels that work that way. All marketing channels work synergistically. Why do we know that? Because no one person is only on two channels at a given time in, in a week or, or even a day. They're on multiple different you know, websites looking at multiple different things with different types of buying intent. Uh, we've also tested TikTok ads for top and low funnel with uh, specifically with some of our skincare brands. And we found success on YouTube at, vari at various levels of the media mix as well. 
which now, weirdly enough, looks like a more cost-conscious option given how expensive Facebook has become. We used to sell LinkedIn to our clients as a premium video feature uh, or placement rather, meaning you paid more for a view on YouTube because it was on a device where someone was actually probably going to sit and watch it for longer. That's not like they're scrolling through other videos. Um, but now based on the cost that we've seen on Facebook, YouTube actually looks like a much better value because it's approaching the same cost for, for a real true video view. But LinkedIn has proven that for the most part, users watch videos there longer um, and a more captive audience. And usually on more often on a desktop device where they're going to sit there and watch it longer too. Um, there's a graph and chart. If you want to check out dbdynamo.com backslash blog, I'm sorry, forward slash blog, where you can actually look at the, the change in ad costs from end of March last year to April of 2020, 2021. So obviously this year and looking at the average cost per click by different Facebook campaign objectives. Now the brand awareness objective uh, got really wonky around summer of last year. That's the only one where the CPC has kind of gone all over the map. But generally speaking, if you remove brand awareness and you look at the Facebook ad costs as of April of 2021, which is the more recent data set that we could get, every other objective, we're talking about lead generation, traffic, conversions, app installs, catalog sales, video views, every single one of those in April of 2021 was more expensive than it had been at any other time in the history, or rather <laughs> the last year of history uh, that we were able to track in terms of ad costs. So reimagining your media mix is, is not only justified because Facebook's tracking capabilities has changed, but the cost of these ads has changed as well. And you have to pay attention to that. You cannot continue to do the same things because they will not deliver the same things. And I'm uh, officially done with, with number three of our actionable insights for today. So a little, maybe a little bit more of a condensed episode than you're used to, but also perhaps more actionable. And we're hoping that you can take these things with you into your day-to-day -day work, whether it's on the agency side yourself or as a brand marketer talking to an agency <laughs> that works with you to, uh, to deliver and implement these things. So, but as always, we encourage you to test and try, and we would love to hear back from you to see the things that are working for you as well. We give you a, a list of three today, but we have tested numerous other things. The list is probably 20 or 30 deep at this point of ones that we could perhaps talk about in future episodes or even on our blog, which again, we encourage you to check out at dbdynamo.com forward slash blog. And that is the core of our episode, but episode episode. Uh, but before we get away, we, uh, we're only going on good news here. And so we used to do a, a marketing malfunction a little bit for those of you who'd stuck around, but we're going to talk only about marketing muzzles from now on. So we're showering with positivity and some interesting, exciting things happening on TikTok for our muzzle. So Julia, tell us what's going on on TikTok. So we talk about it a lot. Yes. So there is an article from AdAge if you're interested in reading that, but this has really been my own personal experience and my own uh, perception of this. I don't, I don't even know what to call it, amazing marketing scenario. <laughs> if you haven't heard of Alabama Rush Talk, I don't know where you've been. Talk <laughs> as in T-O-K as in TikTok, not talk as in speaking. So Alabama Rush Talk is a collection of girls who are rushing at Alabama or who just rushed. And they started posting their, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you real quick. For those of you who don't know what rushing is, rushing is when you join a new sorority organization, yes. specifically in this case, fraternities too. But yes, that's For what rushing is. So <laughs> the rush process involves a lot of nice outfits, a lot of glamour. And so these girls were making outfit of the day TikToks showing their, their outfits and they were highlighting specifically the brands that they were wearing. And so this completely blew up. 
hashtag Alabama Rush Talk has millions of hashtags on millions of videos on TikTok. Um, and it, it basically blew up, obviously, at it, just writing about it, Cosmopolitan's writing about it. And this was a peak amazing moment for these these brands to advertise so one of the ones that stood out to me was kendra scott who was commenting on various tiktoks sending girls jewelry sending and they're not necessarily influencers they're just normal girls rushing at alabama um the pants store is one of them who's blown up on tiktok who fun fact does not just sell pants um that was a big clarifying a misnomer i guess exactly but you know they made a big big statement and now people know that they don't just sell pants so I, once again, TikTok strikes with its ability to blow up people, brands, events overnight. What do you mm -hmm. think? I think it's fascinating. I think it's you know always crazy what's what catches people's attention. There's probably been content like this out on the platform for for a long time, but you just never know, you know, when when the person catches the the right you know the right instinct at the right moment. And you know, kudos to the brands who had the wherewithal to understand their. Um, you know, their fit, so to speak. Lily Pulitzer is probably like, you know, jumping for joy over something like this too. Cause I think it's a, it's a great fit for what they're talking about, at least in my mind it is. And again, I don't know what the, the net net is going to be on this, but these girls are, are celebrities now. I don't think that's going to go away for, for a while. They have a captive audience who obviously has, has bought into their, their experience and the brands who are, you know, jumping at this opportunity might find very legitimate, you know, authentic collaborative opportunities for them too. And, and this is just, you know, an ongoing message, right? Like brands, if they really, really know who they are, then they don't have to overthink it when it comes to opportunities. That's why you see, you know, Kendra Scott and, and these other brands, um, including the pan store, which I had not heard of until, uh, until you mentioned them here. Um, but they, they know that they're a fit here. And, you know, just the hashtag, I think you mentioned this 308 million views on hashtag Bama rush. I presume that number is even higher uh, from the time that, you know, we're, we're now sharing it with everybody. And, and certainly by the time you're listening to it. So if you're a brand, you don't wait, maybe that's a bigger theme of this, this episode. Don't wait for things to become clear. You have to test and take chances or someone else is going to do it for you. And you're going to perpetually be left on the back burner. So if we had an overarching theme beyond the tactical stuff we gave away today, act boldly on behalf of a brand when you certainly know what its values are and kudos to those brands that did it here uh, on TikTok. And if you're not paying attention to TikTok still, what the hell is going on with you? Make an account. And, uh, and if you don't know how to make content, hire us. That's what we got for this week. Uh, again, I'm your host, David Barry, on behalf of Julia Reynolds, my co-host. We are DB Dynamo. Don't forget to subscribe to us and get your podcasts sent to your inbox directly every Tuesday, whether it's on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and probably some other places. And if you want to see our faces, then you can check us out on YouTube as well, where we have a YouTube channel there. Search DB Dynamo, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks again.